0: Good evening, and welcome back to the JV Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob?
1: Hey, how's everybody doing?
0: Hopefully, everybody is doing fantastic after a uh, just a all-around th- uh, fantastic victory by the Dukes, fifty-four side sixteen
1: over New Hampshire this <laughs> yeah. weekend. Yeah, I just looked it up. Actually, yeah, I was luckily- trying to, was trying to the score.
0: <laughs> yeah, it got a little uh, got away from uh, happily got away from from us in the second half there. Um, welcome back. We're, we got a really fun show tonight. Uh, we're going to be sort of all over the place. We do... Don't forget, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. Thanks, everybody who's paying attention. We really appreciate it. The last few weeks uh, means a lot. As you guys know, we do this for ourselves. Uh, not for any other reason. So um, That's about it. Uh, we also... Big thanks to Pale Fire for sponsoring the podcast. Go by the Tap Room anytime and pick up Mention the podcast and you get a free pint glass. Uh, We're going to do a whole bunch tonight, Rob. We're going to talk football. We're going to look ahead to... It is spatter week, people. So (laughs) it's uh, time for the Richmond game, one way or another. Uh, We're going to talk a little hoops. And we got a couple little funny overtime things to end. Uh, Rob, the only thing I... You know, I saw women's soccer, field hockey both ended their seasons this week. Uh, It was pretty cool. Men's soccer won in a shootout in the semifinal.
1: And we'll go... Mm -hmm. Uh, finish on the PK, did you see it?
0: Yeah, and and a great save by uh, the goalkeeper who's been really good for them for a couple yeah. years, right? Is that TJ Bush? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. really cool. And made a great save at the end of the shootout, and that, uh, yeah. What was the finish again, Rob? What kind he of? He just
1: kind of. It, it looked like he just went straight down the middle. He uh-huh. Just kind of lobbed it, right? Which is always the, looks great yeah it, when it goes in right but you gotta have stones to try that man because if it doesn't work yeah man you you look like a fool but it was pretty cool
0: nice um and i do rob actually i got a pale fire Have you had this Rorschach?
1: Oh, i haven't had that one yeah
0: it's pretty cool it's a dark saison i was kind of nervous picking it up thinking like i don't know if i'm gonna like this but it's pretty good so oh cool yeah good for them um I know you can get that at the total wine in Fairfax. So in any case, uh, Rob, we want to start with football tonight as always, uh, really fantastic game. I know you wrote and I, I should start. Uh, this is our Mossy Creek four down segment brought to you by Mossy Creek fly fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, go buy the fly shop anytime and you can mention the podcast and you'll get a free sticker. Uh, Rob and I may have some more fishing talk in the next couple of weeks, but we will, we will let you know. Um, Rob, I do owe you an apology. I don't want to talk too much about the targeting unless it's on your list. Um, but I was in the stadium and I kind of freaked out over the targeting. I think it's the third straight week that somebody's been ejected. And I was very upset about it on Twitter. And I was wrong. And Rob was thankfully watching from a more neutral vantage point and was. was well, on TV, yeah. it was it was obvious
1: yeah i mean like both my kids are 9 and 11 and they're not really into the nuance of the game they saw that and they're like "Uh uh-oh yeah they're like he they're like that's targeting and i kind of went into a little bit of that confused about the rage mode when all of a sudden when there's no flag and then they went on then they go to the the replay and then they throw yeah (laughs) like and 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 for once like i was like i I better figure this out because i've gotten very angry about things in the past and realized that i don't understand the rule Mm -hmm. evidently they changed it 2016 yeah that They've got people upstairs that are supposed to do that for player safety. So that's right. Targeting's tough because like I the name makes people think targeting it, it seems like you're talking about intent. Yeah. And they're not. You know, it seems like like I understand the frustration I and mean, goodness gracious, I I've been I used to get so mad. Dean Marlowe, I felt like, used to draw furry for ridiculous oh, yeah, yeah. and shoulders. Um so I, I think we need to separate those of us that don't like the rule from the ways they did everything correct. they you did. Know, people might not right. like it. And That's you right. can argue about like, it was a terrible slide. Um, yeah, it, was. it was dangerous on his end, but Holloway's is a smart player. You, you just can't put yourself in the situation. You're going to end up hitting them and whether you want to or not, mm-hmm. them's a branch, you know, it's like, it, it's like it's handballs in soccer. Yes. You know, intention has nothing to do with it. Right. Um, so it stinks. It was unfortunate, I guess from a player safety perspective, it's good. It's good. We, it it's good. You know, but it's just a tough thing to do. Like I, I understand what they're trying to do, and I understand you got to take those plays out of the game. Unfortunately, it means you're going to have guys get ejected for things that, quite frankly, might be accidents. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. just kind of the nature of the beast with that type of call. Um. So I don't know. It, it's it's certainly frustrating, and he the moment I can I can get as worked up as anybody over those things. Yeah. Um. Particularly when you have a situation like we did on Saturday, where it's kind of.
0: An the offensive slide. player going down. Yeah, like, oh, it was a
1: terrible slide. Yeah, and but that being said, like if, hit him. I know it's no, it's the yeah, right call. You, you, yeah. you don't need to hit him. Like you can yeah. just run and tap him down. He's giving himself up. But in the heat of the moment, it's very easy for me to say that from my couch. Yeah, um, it was scary looking though. Like I, am surprised that the guy got back up. He didn't call for flag. Look, like, Holloway immediately did that thing that like cornerbacks do. Like they go up saying no, no flag or anything. Right, so right, right, like, right, right. I don't know. Right. It was tough. I, I can certainly see. Um, absolutely in the stadium. If like, there's no flag. And then all of a sudden you don't know what's going on without the explanation.
0: Well, and you Um, also see the whole field where on in the stadium, you see Holloway, the play took him towards the sideline. Like his job on the play was not the quarterback. Right. So he he goes to the side and then the quarterback is scrambling behind him up the middle. And he realizes, and he just has to make a split second. Like I got to turn and go get that guy. Who's running free up the middle of the field. Yep. And then the quarterback does this sort of RG3-ish, awkward go to his knees. Like, and it was before, you know, he went down before the first down marker, where, where I think Holloway's thinking, like, I got to stop him from getting a first. Like, I don't know. It's just a weird play.
1: What's well, weird. You're going gonna to get guys just get ejected kind of for hustle plays. Yeah,
0: and I think what, brought, I, I, what I'd forgotten, I mean, this is typical, right? It's just, it was such an overcorrection on the rule where they mm-hmm. really wanted to crack down on helmet-to-helmet hits. Yeah. And particularly the kind of like defenseless, you know, the safety on the receiver over the middle hits mm-hmm. that had gotten, you know, really out of control and are super dangerous. But it it was funny. I like actually settled down after you explained it to me on Saturday. And then that night I was watching highlights of the Alabama LSU game.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: saw the play where the Alabama, like Alabama threw the interception. And then the offensive lineman took that horrendous cheap shot yeah. where he hit the guy from behind. Mm-hmm. And, he doesn't get ejected he just gets an yeah. unsportsmanlike penalty and i'm like this is actually the thing that we're trying to legislate out of the game but because he did not hit him in the head he just takes a shot at the guy's kidney right like it just that's where you're like wait he got e-. like i don't mind the 15 yard penalty you know but this ejection thing where we're getting into these weird that gets really hard i mean that that's you know jam you played great that was clearly the moment that sparked them they yeah. locked down and went crazy after that. But, you know, if that happens when NDSU and JMU are playing in the playoffs, it's really going to hurt one team or the other in a way that
1: might not be completely fair. And, it just stinks because, yeah. it's, like you said, it's the fact that I can't get over the what I said earlier, that it really doesn't have anything to do with intent. And no. I would like to see, like, automatic ejection seems harsh. It seems like there should be some degree of intent. Like yeah. you said, the, the penalty in that situation absolutely was warranted. Yes. I thought it was, I'm not going to call Holloway out. He's not a dirty player. Nope. It was an aggressive play. I'm sure he wanted it back. Mm-hmm. didn't want to happen, but things happen in the game. But I think guys should be ejected for intentional dirty plays, whether they hit the guy in the head or not. Yeah. You were just saying. Like, you got to get that crap out. Unfortunately, football is is yeah. a violent game. Yep. You need to rationalize a lot to be a fan nowadays mm-hmm. with what we know and more information. But um, yeah. they should be a little quicker to... To throw guys out or if they're doing intentionally dirty things whether it be in the knees or from behind right and it w- i'd like to see them have a little more leeway to maybe call the penalty but not kick a guy out if they can yeah like bang bang plays yeah that's that's um i don't know it, it, was, tough. it was tough it was they, 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 it's they a got it right
0: all to agree with but they got it right they got it right by <laughs> the way it's set up yeah so, I, I don't know. that's that I just wanted to get that out of the way before we got started, Rob. But I will let you yeah. get started with first down here.
1: What was your first thought? Oh, well, we, we weren't supposed to kick off with this. Like, I, I actually thought that ejection was a bit of a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um. The, the defense was not real. I mean, they looked great, but then they had a couple plays on each of the drives in the first quarter mm-hmm. where they just fell asleep. I, I thought they were missing Amos, mm-hmm. were a couple of those ones, you know. That, it's nothing against the guys that were back there, but I thought Amos has done a much better job of settling up the middle of the field. Yeah, without him out there due to his targeting, we go. that was really rough. Mm-hmm. Um, they just—it's it, like Hallways ejection kind of snapped to it, or maybe it's just a convenient narrative for us as fans. But right. it really looked like at that point they were like, "Well, we got to buckle down. This is serious. This yeah. game's going to get away from us. Let's go." Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you and I were texting. We were talking about the call. And we're like. Well, it doesn't matter because Jamie's about to run with well like It's like, yeah, you, you, you kind of had the feeling that once they settled in. Oh, I mean, even with the New Hampshire kudos to that yeah. freshman quarterback, he played pretty well in, in a tough environment. You know, he didn't have a great game, mm-hmm. but he looked very good in the first quarter, mm-hmm. um, came out, definitely was not scared. But then once Holloway went out, it's like Daka stepped up and Adib, and they started putting pressure on the quarterback, and it was over. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that second quarter was about as good a quarter of Jamie football as I can recall seeing. Yeah. in the past in the past few seasons, it was awesome. Um, the offense was unreal. It was mm-hmm. like the, the <laughs> offense looked focused from the get-go, mm-hmm. but the defense was amazing in that second mm-hmm. quarter. What would it was like punt interception punt half? had yeah,
0: sixteen was, yards in the second quarter. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and it was just—it's it, unfortunate they keep kind of <laughs> going down early. I know, um, but they don't look rattled. So I, I don't know. I, I think if we're going to point to one thing, and maybe it's lazy analysis, maybe it's just kind of mm. convenient us you know, correlating things that that really had no causation. But it did look like once he got ejected, something snapped, and the team's like, "Okay, let's go," and yeah. the defense took over after that, and there was no hope. No, nope, I mean, none. they made a good New Hampshire team look incredibly pedestrian.
0: Oh, they It was they made them look you know, incapable of really doing anything. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. great effort. And, you know, the other thing I think it's funny, we get frustrated that we were talking about the big plays, but New Hampshire also, you know, they ran the trick play to really set up their first touchdown. You know, they run the they
1: well, tried another reverse
0: pass or yeah. And they tried another one and they, they hit the flicker. play. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, the, yeah. The flea flicker. And that's what kind of sets them up for the, for the touchdown. And there's a little bit of you when that's going on that you're like, that's all they got. Right? <laughs> like, like they're coaching. If they're lining up and running that in the first quarter, you know, they, they know there's got some problems later. And I, it made I, me laugh I
1: tweeted something him. to that effect. Like yeah. the, the second fake play that ended up yeah. not working yeah. on the, I was like, that's just a sign of a team that knows they can't hang straight up. And that's not no. a knock on them, but they, no. that was like a kitchen sink sort of game. It was. They realized there was a talent deficit. Um, Props yep. to them. They yep. were coming after us, or yep. coming after the, the Dukes. Um, and they were just trying to kind of make it a, a crazy game. Yeah. Because that was the only way they could do it with their young talent. And yep. I don't know. I mean, it, it was working the first quarter. Yeah.
0: It was. Yeah. So so, um, again, nice to have a kicker to rely on. It was nice to see Racky. I, you know, we were all kind of wanting to, JMU to score a touchdown right away after they got down. But mm-hmm. probably, you know, Signetti knows it's a long game a lot better than I do. <laughs> yep. And he has a lot of confidence. But, yeah, no, that, it, the defense was fantastic in that second quarter. And the best quarter of football we've seen from JMU, certainly this season. And
1: probably. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Probably last pro- season. Yeah, yeah,
0: probably last season, too. Um, when you factor
1: in quality of opponent. Yeah, so exactly. You know, I'm not, not going to count he's like. No. Yeah. Yeah. And they were
0: coming off the bye. So, you know, a little bit of rust at the beginning. And the ejection mm-hmm. might have woken them up a little bit. So, yeah, who knows? Uh, My second down, Rob, was I asked a couple weeks ago for some more performance, some more looks, some more work for the uh, slot receivers and the tight ends. Um, Mm -hmm. Certainly somebody else besides Polk and Stapleton, you know, in in the passing game was basically Riley Stapleton was what I was kind of looking for. And we saw that, especially early on. Um, Jake Brown was really involved in this game in the first half. And we saw a touchdown for Dylan Stapleton from the tight end position. I think that was also – that was in the second quarter there. Mm-hmm. We saw a catch from Matt Painter in this game. Um, you know, even late in the game, Daniel Adu was in there making some catches. Like,
1: he made a really, really nice, nice catch on the sideline. Johnson connected to him. Yeah. yeah. It was a nice throw, but he kind of threw him open yep. a little bit. And Adu showed some really good concentration, good hands. That made me excited to see him in the future yeah, but you know, was, when he gets a chance. Exactly.
0: Fine. I was definitely excited, though, to see Jake Brown and, and Devin Ravenel. Both with catches in the first half, I think you know, kind of th- what we were asking for. Bill, I mean, somebody besides those top two guys. I mean, there's no yeah. doubt. Don't get me wrong. The, the Polk play is amazing, and Ben just missed hitting him th- once before that. And we just, like, as we keep saying, we have not had anybody like this since John Miller. Maybe I, you know, I don't know. Um, that just, I mean, this is. I'm not sure we've ever had anybody quite like Polk in terms of just. I mean, he just ran past three guys there.
1: And, well, I mean, by no, the time just, he it, caught it, him, he's it,
0: wide it, open, right?
1: It's game-changing speed. It
0: is like it's you know, absolutely game-changing. Ben like, cannot yeah. overthrow him like that. You know, yeah.
1: just throw it. Yeah, like in basketball, you can't coach height, mm-hmm. and you just can't coach raw speed like that. No, there, there's nothing you can do. No. I mean, that, that, he's a track. He's got track speed. Out there. Yeah, but
0: I was just happy with the production from some other players as well. It Was really great to see um, Jamie kind of work in the offense. You know, I felt like they really. They weren't they, – they just never, like you said, once they got to the second quarter, they never felt like they needed to get a play. I mean, they just could kind of – they could dial up what they wanted to. I, mean, I just mm-hmm. felt like they had control here. You know, they've at times chosen to run or chosen to pass because that's what the defense was – it felt like they could do almost anything they wanted this week. So,
1: it's good for the Dukes. They pretty much could. Yeah. yeah.
0: What about third down, Rob?
1: Well, just – do you hear any new haters lately? No, where'd I, they I, go? Know, I haven't heard him. Where'd they go? I mean, they, they were so, Oh, all about, all about the playoffs and they're never going to win with him. And I, I don't know, like I'm not going to rehash last year's Colgate game. And mm-hmm. we all have our opinions on that. Um, this was a big one
0: for him. Maybe personally, this was though.
1: big. He, he didn't play well last year against New Hampshire. If you remember, he, nope. he got benched, benched for Johnson. Johnson had kind of a rough game. It was just the wheels came off for JMU against New Hampshire last year. But um he more than bounced back. Sure did. A player of the week, what do you have? Just under 300 yep. yards, threw for two touchdowns. That pass to Dylan Stapleton was fantastic. It was a really good throw. Yeah. I mean, just that, that's a thread in the needle type yep. thing. Um, He just looks so comfortable in this offense. He does. And, like, he was tweeting something today about, you know, he got player of the week. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, no, it's it's all the guys around me. And it just seems like he has the entire team. The, the whole, like, you know, yeah. QB is your leader. Yep it seems like he really has that down and of course it's a lot of cliches and stuff like yeah. that. But, um, I think it's indicative of the fact, like he never seems rattled. He, he put in a lot of work as we all read over the summer. He came in he, he grasped the new offense. He looks to be so poised that the team never panics. I mean, they mm-hmm. seem to go down every week mm-hmm. and it's like, they come out and it's just, they don't even worry about the scoreboard. And next thing you know, they're back up. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter down or distance. Like, it just seems like the entire offense is in sync. And I think a lot of that is what Newt was saying. It's, you Mm -hmm. know, total team effort, the offensive lines improvement can't Mm -hmm. be understated, but man, he's, he's been fantastic. He has. You know, it's like, we can all talk about big games and all this freaking clutch crap and (laughs) people that's been debunked 6 million times, but like he unfortunately had a bad game when the lights were brightest last year. Um, I don't know what else the guy can do. I mean, these regular season games matter. People may act like they don't, right? Um, but CAA is beating itself up this year Except for one and team. JMU just keeps on winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I think the recent, uh, Bill Connolly, I don't know if you saw no. Ben shared it with us. Like, Bill Connolly was doing the ranking of the FCS things, and he's like, CAA is kind of heads and shoulders above everybody, including the NBC. Mm. And sometimes I feel like JMU fans don't buy that because JMU is taking care of business every week, and so everybody's like, oh, this oh, league sucks, oh, we right. got to get out of this league. No, it's a really good league. Right. New Hampshire's a very good team. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were 10th in the country good. Right. Um, but, like, Villanova was a very good team. Mm-hmm. Stony Brook can be a very good team. But those teams are beating each other up. Yeah. And, and Jamie just keeps on going. And and a lot of that is Nucci's play. A lot of that is everybody. But as everybody else just stepping up? But I don't think he gets enough credit because people are just like, oh, it's just regular season. Mm-hmm. It's regular season in the toughest conference in FCS football. Mm-hmm. And he's playing great yep. week in and week out. I mean, like – it, it's like he's become a victim of his own success. He just, that that was a nearly flawless game. Yeah. And nobody's talking, talking about, about it. it. People right. are just like, oh, whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's crazy to me. Like, I, I love it as a fan. And as you and I took the approach, we're just going to enjoy this week by week. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun to watch. It has. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I'm not good. No matter what happens, I'm not going to discount the fact that this guy's having an amazing season yeah. here. Yeah. And it's just, it's been a joy to watch mm-hmm. and, and to see him kind of, you and I like everybody we're we're fans of kind of the the comeback kid or Jimmy situation, you know, was was so much more fun with Jimmy, the way that adversity, it's the uh same thing with Nooch. I mean, the guy had to win the job last year, had to win it again this year. year. And now you're like, I mean, you see Cole Johnson come in and God bless the kid. I I hope he, you know, challenges and has a great season next year, but like it's not, it's not remotely close. Ben DiNucci is, is the best quarterback on the best team in the, in the best conference. Um, it's, just, it's funny because you just <laughs> don't hear the haters. We used to get tweeted at all the time. Yep. and Yeah, but, yeah, I think until like think three just... or four weeks ago, like we were yeah. still
0: getting it. And now it's like gone. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the other thing with, uh, A, it was great to see. It was good to see Cole get a little work in this game. I mm-hmm. think we all have concerns in that, you know, just you never know what's, what could happen. Um, but, B, yeah, the, the Danucci thing, it, it, the game doesn't seem – he's letting it come to him this year. It yep. almost like yep. it is so easy to overlook because he's never trying to do too much. It seems like, you know, and yep. or at least there's been a couple games this year. I think the Stony Brook game, I think of a little bit, um, where he did sense, like, I got to put, push the pedal here a little bit, mm-hmm. even if it means I make a couple mistakes, like th- everybody else around me. is not there with me and I got to do something. Um, you know, maybe he did that a little bit of that one throw in the West Virginia game. Who knows? But, yeah. but I do think, um, you know. Otherwise, it just you forget. He, I mean, I do. I forget. Like I sort of forget he's even out there, which is a crazy thing yeah. to say about the quarterback,
1: because he just particularly when that everybody thought was a liability. Right. He's not he's gonna turn it over. To, he made bad yeah, decisions last year. He was so fading many into the times
0: when, and, and part of this is scheme too. I mean, I'm not trying to. I'm not jumping on any past regimes or anything. But whatever Montgomery and Signetti are drawing up for him this year, you know, they're putting him in a position where if it's a throw, the throw is – there's a throw to be made. And they're not – you know, last year there was a lot of times when I felt like he was kind of running for his life a little bit. And, you know, those are the times when he would decide to, okay, I'm going to try to tuck it and do more. Or I'm going to try to get out and throw this crazy thing to make a third and 12. And that just – that's not happening to him anymore. And he's helping himself – avoid those and he's so consistent like if they run an eight yard out or a seven yard slant he hits it which really helps you on the next play now you're third and three and you don't have to do anything crazy i mean it's just they Mm -hmm. they really between his accuracy and the way they're setting him up and then the way he's playing the decisions he's making yeah it's wonderful to see so that's awesome yeah my fourth down is kind of i want to go back to signetti I mean, I, I thought it was a great game for Percy in the O-line. There's no doubt about that. I mean, Percy is locked in as, uh, you know, kind of lead back right now. It was, you know, hopefully Latrell did turn his ankle, Look looked like. Um, hopefully he'll be back. It, it, they said the x-rays were negative in terms of a break or anything. So he may need some time. But, you know, and, and the O-line had a great game. But I was thinking about the New Hampshire thing, and it made me – when they ran that flea flicker and tried the other trick play, Rob, it made mm-hmm. me think we haven't seen anything all year. like. Yeah. And I heard Signetti in the press conference today talk a little bit about, I, I don't know what, I forget exactly what he was saying, but he said, oh, I think it was the painter and Stapleton stuff. He said they gave him a little mm-hmm. different look than they've given all year. They split Sta- Dylan Stapleton out a couple times out of a two tight end set, which is something JMU hasn't done. And it was funny, like as they get to the stretch run and these bigger games and their post-buy, that was just a real subtle little thing, but it made me think, I think Signetti and Montgomery and crew, you know, I, I think there are a couple games this year. They have not brought out all the cards, you know, and it gives me hope that we haven't seen anything from Harry, for example, in special teams, you know, yeah. um, haven't seen anything on the kickoff game. That's incredibly weird. Certainly haven't seen, I mean, we haven't seen a trick play. I can't remember even the last like jet sweep. It's been a while at this point. Yeah. It's just been yeah. Ahead. And I mean, we our saw that a little guys. bit earlier in the season, but there is definitely a concerted effort with this team. I think at this point, and and it just felt like you could see Signetti smile a little bit today thinking they're not putting, they're intentionally not putting things on film. And if Richmond or, I mean, hopefully it doesn't look like Rhode Island. I mean, this is really the last chance that somebody can really give them a, a real run for it before they potentially get to the playoffs. And, it's scary to think about what this team could do with whatever they haven't shown yet this year as mm-hmm. they get into the bigger games. That that would be really fun. You know, I mean one thing we knew when we went to Frisco a couple of years ago, the second year we went with North Dakota State, we'd been running a lot of those trick things all year. Like we'd had to use them all up to get there. And so obviously NDSU was somewhat ready even though Harry made that, you know, in the end made that great play on on the punt game, but I was just big kudos to the coaching staff. There's no doubt that Heatherman's defense has come together enormously. And now the offense seems to have totally caught up. And I can't wait to watch them (laughs) as many games as we can get the rest of the way.
1: It's also funny because justly or unjustly, I I think a lot of fans thought Signetti was uber conservative. And he's shown a willingness to go Uh for the fourth down um, in kind of ways that analytically measure Mm -hmm. up but go against kind of traditional football strategy. Yeah. you know. That middle, it's like he didn't seem to hesitate. If you're in between like the fours, mm-hmm. you know, like he's just like going yeah. for it. You know, he's not going to play. And part of that is having good yep. defense. But I love mm-hmm. that. You know, it makes sense. And they did it again on Saturday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they went for it just like in in plus territory, but not much. So, yeah, I've been very impressed. It's just much like Newt. just kind of steady. Channels. Nice.
0: Yep. So, Rob, we want to take a quick look ahead on football. This is, it is time. It's spider week here, Rob. <laughs> so for all our joking, this is uh, the big one. JMU has clinched a share of the title with the win over New Hampshire and Richmond's loss to Villanova. I will say Richmond was very competitive with Villanova this week. It looked like, uh, at least according to Signetti, kind of had Villanova beat and Villanova came back in the fourth quarter to win that game. Um, I didn't, I didn't watch it or anything. So I don't know for sure, but mm-hmm. you know, not even a, not not a terrible performance, even in a loss uh, from Richmond, but they do they come to Harrisonburg this weekend. JMU will clinch the automatic bid from the CAA and the outright title with a win this week. Um, what's I, I'm wondering, what's just one thing you're looking forward to uh, for this week?
1: <laughs> I, I I've been very pleased with the balance on Jamie's offense, and mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about. Poke and, and working in the different receivers. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a really big game for the for the running backs. Um, okay. Richmond has kind of a, an okay rush D. Um, they don't score a lot of points, so I think they're going to try to play a ball control game. Uh-huh. I think Signetti will get it right back to him, but just do it better. Um, yeah, I, I've been so excited to see Percy emerge. I think Hamilton has been a little bit not underrated, but underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, just his ability to catch them out of the catch balls out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. He's playing you know, a pretty big role in the return game. And I think he can get going as well. Kind mm-hmm. of like that, that one and one, a punch, mm-hmm. um, particularly with Palmer being out. So I'm expecting really big things from them. And then Van Horst, you know, is always, is always a threat. So I I think this could be the week that we see maybe two guys go over a hundred yards. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's just me wishful thinking, no. but I, I think they're going to kind of ground and pound it. And then you can just open it up and go over the top with, with poke. So, this has become a very difficult offense to scheme against. Mm-hmm. And after seeing what they did to a very good New Hampshire defense, mm-hmm. I, I think we could see them really put up some eye popping numbers against Richmond.
0: Yeah. I'm hoping they can follow up this weekend's performance with really, a, you know, pretty close to a carbon copy next week. Yeah. I mean, you know, things don't always go your way and maybe Richmond won't throw the ball up like New Hampshire did a couple of times in the second half. But, um, yeah, I'd like to see that.
1: But the, Richmond right. does not have a great red zone defense. Either. No. It, and, and that was one thing we were all concerned about early in the year. Mm-hmm. Jamie's gotten really good. What were they like? What, what was it like? They scored seven straight possessions mm-hmm. at one point on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was
0: 41 straight points, I think, or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was
1: 41 answered. Yeah. So I don't know. I think Richmond's going to have a tough task. It, it's a tough, it's a rivalry game and blah, 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 blah. Throw out the record. Right. I don't see it. I'm really confident. I'm about as confident going into a quote unquote big Richmond game. Me too. As I've ever been. You know, there have been years when they've been down and, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to work out, but they're tied for second. You know, on paper, this is a very big game. No, it's we big were game. just saying how good the CAA is, but I, I think JMU is, is much better.
0: Well, and the loss for Richmond this weekend to Villanova set up a, a situation where Richmond is really playing for their life this weekend, although yeah. they're second in the, technically, sec- you know, tied for second in the conference in terms of conference record. They would, they can only get to seven and five if they beat JMU. Yeah. So they're really only chance to go to the playoffs. This, they're, they're in the playoffs this weekend. So it's a big game. There's it's no,
1: really it. weird with the CAA records, so versus weird. overall records, because there are teams with good CAA records who are playing for their lives. And then there are teams that are kind of like, yeah, I think maybe even below 500 in the CAA, but are okay because they haven't lost. Yeah. I think Towson, and, Towson's in pretty good shape.
0: Towson's actually in pretty good shape, even though they're like way down this. CAA standings yeah, yeah yeah I mean with the two games they have left it's also weird because I think Villanova they play they've already played seven CAA games yeah because they play Long Island out of conference this week so yeah it's just a very weird you're right it's, it's a very weird setup um, you still have to get to 500 in conference play I think to have any chance at the playoffs and this year seven and five in the CAA will put you in the discussion I think eight and four is what you really need to make so if yeah. you go eight because like four, richmond's four, five and four. five right and richmond's five and five so they're actually
1: they're technically overall
0: record way down but they're four and two in the caa
1: correct so yeah it's it's whereas just... nova's four and three but they're seven and three overall that's right or, or even towson towson six and four yes so towson conceivably yeah. with one more win could get in and still mm-hmm. finish below richmond in the caa
0: well and i think even stony brook who fell again this week it's not like they're only two and four in the caa i think but not yeah if you look at the and overall five record five they wouldn't again. totally be out of it right given who, no, that they've they already out. played all the hard teams so yeah who knows um it's going to be crazy to see the playoff picture weird, weird this was year. a big weekend we don't we won't get into the national stuff um we're going to have a really great show coming up during the Knock on wood, but hopefully JMU can close this out and get a seed, and they will not have a game over Thanksgiving weekend. We're all hoping for that. And if so, I think we're going to have a really cool bi week show that week. Um, we'll get, obviously, by that time, we'll have the selection show and we we'll get really into the full national picture. This was a very good weekend for JMU. Um, South Dakota State went down, Weber State struggled. Uh, so I think the 2 3 discussion. If JMU puts up more performances like that, I think JMU will be fine. <laughs> That's basically what yep. we're saying. So, yep. yeah, my only – my second thing, Rob, on the looking ahead, uh, one thing I, I – you know, health is always a concern this time of year. And it was really Specials. great yeah, – yeah, it was really great to see some – the, you know, some players look refreshed, and JMU certainly looked like a team that was – the guys who were out there and healthy looked great this week. But we saw the Palmer injury, and then the big one was – We found out over the weekend, in fact, in the stands, by the second kickoff, we asked, where's 33? And I've talked on the podcast before this season about Sam Kidd, and he got hurt, apparently, in practice at some point over the last couple of weeks. And he's been a monster on kickoff. He doesn't always make the play, but he is the tip of the spear. Disruptor. Yeah, he's a disruptor. He throws his body around. We've talked about it on here before. He's just fearless maybe psychotic, but you know, that was, you could really see the difference this weekend. I mean, by the third kickoff, I think we all were like, wait, why are they not down there? (laughs) You know? And Mm -hmm. I don't think New Hampshire, I mean, they never really broke one, but we were so used to JMU kicking that ball inside the five and then running down there and, you know, forcing the guy to make a move by the 15. And we didn't see that this week. Um, You know, a lot of returns out to the 25 out to the 30 out to the 35, from New Hampshire and the way that JMU's offense is playing, there's going to be a lot of kickoff coverage (laughs) and a lot of punk coverage. I mean, you know, coverage teams are going to be used and somebody else is going to have to step up in that gunner. I don't know what you call that on kickoff wedge buster, whatever, but they're going to have to find something else there because they were not, they just didn't look crisp in that this week. And I know that's really a nit to pick in a 54, 16 blowout of a, Mm -hmm. uh, of a top 25 team. But at the same time, it's just like noticeable that that wasn't there. And as we saw Latrell be out, you mentioned that when Amos was out in the first half, it wasn't all, you know, didn't look quite as crisp as we've seen. You know, those are the kind of things. I mean, that wasn't an injury, but James, you just they, you know, we got to knock on wood and hope they can stay healthy. They got to play strong and play it to the end here and see what happens. But certainly hopeful they can stay healthy. And that finds some guys, you know, if they need them in the playoffs. We've seen in 2016. I know we saw a lot of issues, both injury-related and other, and other. And we saw guys step up, and they're going to need that as well down the stretch here because they're not going to probably have all 22 guys make it all the way to Frisco. No, so you that know. Would
1: be kind of unprecedented.
0: Yeah, so just that's something to keep an eye on. I think as we move forward, even though I fully expect JMU to win the next two games, I expect them to play very well. It can get, you know, you overlook things like that when you win like they did this weekend. Yep. So, uh, Rob, I wanted to ask you about the men's hoops team as we move on here.
1: Um, uh, I, don't, I don't
0: you know you want to start with men's or women's. I, 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 well, I only got to watch the first half last night, so I was very like
1: I, I turned it off. I saw yeah. where it was going. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't want to get angry. And, and I realized mm. that it's got. Last night's second half, for those of you that don't know, Jamie only scored 11 points in the second half mm-hmm. against UVA, one of the most frustrating defenses you'll ever see. I think Syracuse scored eight in the first half last week. So Yeah, oh, no. and so, I think like... they only ended up with like 35 right. points. Right. Um, it's frustrating. There's just Tony Bennett coaches. I, I actually am one of the weird people who enjoys watching UVA play. Me too. Me too. Um, and I don't like UVA. I've never been no. a fan of school or the basketball but If you're a college or Hoops any- fan. I like it, you know, like I also like the Spurs back in the day when people thought they were boring. I like watching well-coached, fundamentally sound teams Mm -hmm. um, because I'm a middle-aged man, you know, go figure. But it is frustrating. So I I saw where it was going after the the break, and I was like, man, this is going to get ugly. And I turned it off because I didn't want to get worked up about it. I watched the game against Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Um, They looked a lot like last year's team in the first half where they looked good. They clearly were more talented than Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you watched that, but like they, the former Jamie recruiter under Brady, Shepard is, is the star of Charlotte. Okay. <laughs> um, but just like last year, they had like a seven-minute scoring drought. Mm-hmm. And I was just like banging my head against the wall. they like, oh my gosh, I can't do another year of this. But then in the second half, it just, they got it together and, you know, they came from I think 12 points down. Mm-hmm. Sean Parker looks like yeah, he's he'd... making the leap. Yep. I mean, I thought he was very good last year as a freshman. Uh-huh. He looked fantastic uh, against Charlotte. Uh, really, just poised. Was making good shots. He's a good distributor. Um, he's an old school point guard. Mm-hmm. If you liked watching, you know Devon Moore mm-hmm. or um, any of these guys, Ron Curry, like yeah. Ron Curry, like guys that can just kind of run the offense. Or what we what we saw against Charlotte and current it's only one game. Is or if you need a guy to score, mm-hmm. he can score. Um, I thought he was really outstanding. Know Matt Lewis is a gunner. Yeah. Um, He's good nights and bad nights. I love the fact that he's never shy. Mm-hmm. But I was really excited about Parker. And Zach Jacobs is a guy that I've liked a lot. But oh, of yeah, you have. was almost a little timid in years past. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, like, a lot stronger. He was going to the hole a little bit more. They were having a tough time finishing. Just one of those things like, I mean, outlier regression to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not too worried about yeah. They'll shoot better than they did. Mm-hmm. The free throw shooting was atrocious. but. It's a more talented team than we've seen at JMU in years.
0: And um, they're all do- and they're doing this without DJ Wilson.
1: Without Wilson. Yeah. Banks, obviously, is good. Um, mm-hmm. this, this new kid, Christmas, mm-hmm. is crazy athletic. Like the, freshmen, yeah. the freshmen did not look like freshmen out there. Against nope. They looked like regular college basketball players. Um, right. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. It's the CAA. I don't know what to think. Like, Northeastern mm-hmm. is off to a very good start. William and Mary looks like they might not be a train wreck. They might actually be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Nathan Knight. You don't want to face him, right? Um, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Hofstra, I think, lost the first first game, but then came back and won over the weekend. So yeah, CAA had a good start. Yeah, they did yeah, overall. They did. So um,
0: yeah, no. I I mean, my one thought was just, I for anybody that was angry about the UVA game last night, like that game doesn't matter. No, I mean, I really, the, you know, Jamie gave us a little bit of. They gave us a 15 minutes to enjoy ourselves there at the beginning of the game. At least stay yeah. in there. Um, it, it was a weird game. Like Deshaun Parker, as good as he was in the first game, there's just no place for him in a game like that no. where you can't drive at all. Nobody can drive. I mean, Duke can't drive on UVA. Like
1: uh, UVA mixed it up and played some man yeah. end zone. I mean, I mean it was with or without, a tough, tough. Match.
0: With or without Wilson, like JMU is not going to play anybody half as good as Diakite the rest of the year. Like, no. there's just nobody like that. There's nobody anywhere in that realm of possibility in the colonial. So, mm-hmm. just, I, it's not even worth... Like, they play fine. Um, they've done what they're supposed to do. They beat Charlotte. Uh, you know, that wasn't a terrible win. It was a decent win. They got off the... Blo- you know, got out of the blocks, and they lost to UVA. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, whether they lost by 20 or 30 doesn't really matter to me.
1: So... Yeah. They also came from 12 down in Charlotte and shot like 40% from yeah, the game. Yeah, they did. And
0: I, yeah. And, and I, you know,
1: like, yeah, yeah. they're not, they're not a great free throw shooting mm-hmm. team, but they're not that bad. Right. I mean, that's, that's historically bad. Yeah, it really was. Like to do that. But you figure even if they're awful and they shoot 65%, uh-huh. then they win that game kind of going away. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Well, and I thought Roe today, just watching his press conference a little bit, he, he was pleased. I mean, he didn't seem down about the UVA game. I'm not saying he was pleased to lose by 30. But he was just like, look, it. You know, what what, what are we gonna do? Like, we, yeah. I mean, he didn't want to say it, but he's like, we weren't gonna win that game. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Syracuse lost by thirty last week. Like, what do you want <laughs> us to do here? You know, we got a good opportunity. Our kids got some experience. We learned what it takes a little bit. You know, um, and I thought JMU, I mean, for better or worse, they're not as well. They're not as well coached. They don't have a Diakite. Um, but they looked athletically capable of being on the floor last night.
1: Yeah, that's in that's a way what, that they haven't
0: in, like, in past years, like against the in these early bye games, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. I like mean, Brady was a bit a uh, bit of a magician and the fact that he could take relatively unathletic kids in some cases. Mm-hmm. I mean, there weren't all AJ Davises. There are there some complete opposite of AJ Davises on teams that were competitive night in and night out. Yeah. Um, but guys that didn't really look like college basketball players. No, you're right. Jacobs
0: and Christmas last night looked like guys that can compete. Yeah, yeah. you know they—they look like yeah, Yeah. it was good. Parker
1: looks like a guy. He's not. Lewis is a guy that I I think people—Mendlin was tweeting it like he was being tampered with over the summer by high major programs. Right, he's a good ball player. Uh huh. Um, And they all just look athletic. They look capable, and it's not like some of the flat-footed guys you saw under Brady, who he still managed to win with at times. But um, I think this is a competitive roster. They talent-wise, they look to be top four or five in CA. After that, it's kind of anybody's guess how it's going to play out. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I'm still optimistic about the season. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm very optimistic, Rob, about the women's team. And mm-hmm. I'm excited that the, uh, the reverse doubleheader is coming this Wednesday. So Coach O is getting his wish. The men play the D3 Shenandoah in the 430 start, leading into JMU hosting Maryland on the women's side. Uh, this Wednesday night and we just if any students any listeners down in the Valley we can't encourage you enough to try to get out and see this game um, women did not play well at Villanova this weekend and they still came back and won they you know the, Jackie Benitez was out it sounded like today that she might be back for the Maryland game um, Coach O talked about that did throw them off a little bit just in terms of their spacing and what they were trying to do offensively they eventually figured it out you know they won the first game handily came back and beat Villanova this weekend. I, I don't know. I'm just excited. There's nothing else to say. We, we saw Kiki Jefferson in game one, the freshman, come out and look amazing. Quite a debut, huh? Yeah, quite a debut. Uh, she, she got freshman of the week in the CAA, and she barely did anything on the second game. Yeah. So it tells you what kind of debut it was. You know, and it probably was a, girl, a kid playing her first road, true road game. Um, kind of going to Villanova and, you know, playing a good, decent team. So that
1: was the team she it came down to, J. Jamie Villanova and NBC, I think. Yeah, so yeah. That was, and she's a Pennsylvania kid, so that was probably yeah, kind cool. of a little yeah. bit of a of a fun experience, but a little bit of um, yeah, nerve wracking. Yes,
0: so. yeah. But uh, a lot of fun for that team, and you know, Coach O told us last week. He said the goal is to go undefeated at the convo in the final season, and let's be honest, this is the game that will, this is the game that has the most influence on whether that's possible or not. Um, you know, this is the, probably the only game all year. I think they have St. John's coming to town this weekend, so I, I don't know exactly who will be favored, but it'll be very close, yeah. you know. But the Maryland game is the only game all year that I think Jamie will be a decided underdog at home this week. Uh, but they could, they, they could, I, I don't know, they're, they're, let's just see what happens. Yeah, I, I encourage everybody, you know, anybody who has Flow Sports access, or actually, this game's on Masson on Wednesday, so everybody can watch this game. Because the Terps are on Masson, so yeah, get watch this team, enjoy it, uh, go women! Uh, I think this team is is down bound for big things. So, Rob, you want to introduce us to a overtime topic here?
1: Yeah, um, this was a great suggestion yeah. from who at Van Horse of the Apocalypse. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, basically, just we're going to do favorite Saturday Live cast members or alums, or I guess you can do current guys too. Mm. Um, Sona, what what do you got? You want to go first? Yeah, I mean, this is this was
0: hard for me. I was doing, I was thinking of the Alums, and like, it's just such a legendary group, right? Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know how many you want to do, Rob. Two or three? I mean,
1: two or three. Two, yeah, I mean, it's, whatever. Hard, many you got? For me,
0: it's hard not to say Eddie Murphy. Yeah, but like I was like, I, I know we're old and that kind of stuff, and I know there are good things and bad things about Eddie's career since then, but holy smokes, like. Talk about discovering something massive. Yeah. To think he was on Saturday Live when he was first starting to do some of the biggest stuff in comedy
1: uh and movies is just incredible. So I believe he was nineteen. Yeah. When he was on Saturday Live. Yeah. I mean that's just like I mean, comedy prodigy. He's the first one I remember as a child like wanting to watch. Like you wanna stay up late and you wanted to be able to talk about Mr. Mr. Robinson's neighborhood mm-hmm. or uh, Gumby yeah. or you know, buckwheat and yeah. stuff. Like that really was just kind of when I started to dive in and and be kind of culturally aware of it. Um, A lot of it probably went over my head, but I I definitely, that was going to be one of mine as Mm -hmm. well. He was amazing on that.
2: Yep. All
1: right. I guess if we're going, this is kind of a a random one, but I'm a huge Kevin Nealon fan. (laughs) It is. It's just so like, I know he's not, he's probably not in anybody (laughs) else's top 10. All right. I just think he has such a subtle and almost like understated comedy and delivery. Yeah. He just, he cracked me up. Um, I thought he was a, an, an underrated weekend update anchor, uh-huh. which is kind of my, my favorite segment and always has been. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I just, I find him to be absolutely hilarious. And I know that's a complete outlier when you think of all the other big names that have gone there, but he's, uh, he's one of my probably obviously top three, but that's what we're doing. That's really funny. I I didn't, yeah. I hadn't thought about Kevin Nealon. I'm like, he might've done a little too much.
0: I don't know who knows. Oh my God.
1: Like, I, like, I do a lot Where of people. Say Will, Ferrell. Yeah. Will Ferrell used to annoy the hell out of me. Yeah, that thing. About it's like, Ferrell you know, was because he was in every single sketch. I felt like there was a time when it was like him and um, Sherry O'Terry, and yeah. it was just constant. And like, he definitely had some iconic sketches and everything. Yeah, but... It's
0: hard because like Cowbell or something like that is just yeah. fat, fantastic television. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't get these two separated in my mind, and I'm probably cheating by stealing them. But Polar and Faye, mm-hmm. you know, that's really, I mean, I know that's more recent, but it's really hard to top the, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, you know, Center Live, everybody, every generation says, well, this one sucks and now it sucks yeah. and then it's better again and then it comes and goes a little bit. But when the two of them were at their peak and when they were doing Update Together, mm-hmm. they really elevated the quality of that show in a way that it needed. And, and and the intelligence level of the humor, like the subtlety and the, I don't know, I just really, really enjoy them. And I, it was great to see. I mean, SNL was probably kind of behind the times in terms of having female leads sort of be like this voice of the show. And now I think about it with Kate McKinnon, like it's clear who's leading the show now the last two or three years. And those two, when they finally took over I mean, there was no doubt who was leading the show, and I just really enjoy them. I enjoy so much else that they've gone on to do. I think of that Tina Fey, the um, what's the last the last fuckable day, the uh, yeah. what, who's, what's Amy Schumer,
1: the Amy Schumer yeah. shit <laughs> I mean that yeah. that's
0: fantastic, you know. So, yeah, well, well Fey was also not, head writer.
1: Yes, head writer. Right, she <laughs> was the first female head writer. And think about, it. I mean, yeah.
0: you go on and you leave there and do Thirty Rock and Parks and Rec, like and all the stuff that they were doing. I mean, that was 2008 and mean girls, mean girls. Yeah. I mean, so much fun stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, I, I, I'm kind of fascinated by, by the behind the scenes elements of SNL. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever read, um, was it Live from New York? The, the Tom Shales book, the guy who oh, wrote yeah, the yeah. ESPN book, mm-hmm. he's got an oral history of Saturday night live. And it's, it's really good if you're a Saturday night live fan, but, um, I've always been more fascinated kind of by the writers and by the, the production schedule. And like, I listen to Howard Stern, and my favorite thing is when they have guys from Saturday Night Live come on, and they talk about just the, the pace of it, and how they create it every week, and, you know, the Tuesday night run-throughs. And mm-hmm. it's just, it just seems, like, almost insane to me that mm-hmm. they can put that show out it, every week. It is week. crazy. Mm-hmm. So I just, anybody who is a head writer, you know, Kerr or um, Seth Meyers, yeah. for a while, and when they can also perform, and I think she's a very underrated performer. Very I think she's an so. amazing writer, Yeah, but I think she's a, a really good like comedic actress as mm-hmm. well so that, that's great and amy poehler's hilarious yeah amy poehler's just and they're just they seem like just fun people to yes be around. they do that's you just want
0: to hang out with them right yeah yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely yeah. well yeah. i mean uva association aside we, we can mm. forgive that from mis- yeah <laughs> that's right um, okay well you already said eddie i was gonna do that um, i guess i've already said weekend update is my favorite segment and i'm mm-hmm. like real kind of off the wall here but norm mcdonald yeah. yeah to me he was the best anchor, and I know he got talk fired. about a guy who did too much stuff <laughs> yeah yeah but but he just did not care like I yeah. love comedians who seem to be willing to perform for themselves mm-hmm. almost um, on weekend update his constant o j jokes were just hilarious um the fact that he just kind of threw caution in the wind and didn't care like he clashed was it Don Olmeyer who was like the head of NBC at the time, like Lauren Michaels, I oh, don't yeah. think was running the show. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. When, when he was in that in between stage or, or maybe he was, I don't know, but I just, McDonald's is kind of doing it his own way. And he's got such an outlander sense of humor. That is so bizarre, mm-hmm. but I just respect the, a lot of it. And he makes me laugh like nobody else. Like I, the SVs are the dumbest things ever created. Yes. But go back and watch Norm's yeah. monologue when he hosted it. And he starts talking, he made some joke about like, <laughs> whoever won the and he's like, oh, nobody will ever take that away from you, unless you kill a waiter and your ex-wife. He's just horrifying. Like, he does not really? care. And right. I don't know. He just he cracked me up, because it just seemed like it was his own show. <sighs> and he wasn't actually in sync with the rest of the cast or anything else. But, so he's, And I also loved his Burt Reynolds when they did the Jeopardy skits. Oh, yes. I forgot which, about that. Yeah. It, they seemed to do the Jeopardy skits just so he could do just that, so, yeah. and then And then the Sean Connery.
0: Yeah. We'll have to do host at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause there's, I (laughs) I, 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 want to choose some other people. Yeah. I don't know that I have a whole lot more. I, the one I will say the opposite of um, Polar and Faye, not someone that I've, that you hear you ever want to hang out with, but I love so much Chevy chase. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like I don't necessarily think of him as SNL. I mean, that's certainly before my SNL time,
1: but when he was the breakout star, like right before we were born are
0: right and i just but vacation and caddyshack like there's just so much that i love and like flat flat i mean just like i think like probably the top 50 like quotable lines that are stuck in my head in the useless information vault
1: mm-hmm. like
0: 20 of them are chevy chase or chevy chase related
1: yeah, you, you know you got to read the book, then. Then because yeah, because I know really like, an unlikable doesn't human. like him, right? Exactly, yeah. he's like super unlikable. Yeah, and exactly. Bill Murray came on for year two, and and the way he kind of bonded with the cast was he picked a fight with Chevy, when Chevy came back to host. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I enjoy watching all that. That was before my time. Right. I'm not that old, right? But I remember watching like on VHS, mm-hmm. you know, the old ones with the Bassomatic, with Ackroyd oh, yeah. and Gilbert Radner. Yeah. yeah, Chevy Chase is a hilarious guy, You're right? Um, but does not seem very likable
0: no. um,
1: at all, but he's funny. I'm not sure anybody I was, was uh,
0: really likable in that like there's a lot of cocaine from like 77 to 84 oh yeah. <laughs> like it's just a terrible time for everything in Hollywood yeah, like. yeah yeah it was, it was bad New Jesus. York wherever yeah I' like, oh gosh,
1: yeah, but like Murray and Aykroyd, and those guys were just hilarious yeah like or Belushi. I was yeah like, but I got to go with Farley,
2: yeah, me. and
1: I know like I went kind of off the wall or no, kind of that's... fringe players, but Farley's he was just the best i mean everybody talks about that one with um swayze and the chippendales and i mean whatever that that was also exploitative yeah the van down by the river
0: it is incredible stuff is
1: the funniest did you see there was some little kid (laughs) did you see the the halloween costume clip of
0: this yeah oh
1: my gosh people got to google it well i love
0: that little kid that does the umpire thing which makes it's kind of of a similar vein yeah but yeah.
1: But I'm telling you people, if you're listening to this, like stop what you're doing and go Google like little kid Halloween costume, Chris Farley. He does a dead on impersonation. Uh, I mean, it's it's hilarious. Yeah. There's like two or three things, but um, that skit it to me might be one of my top five all time favorite, if not the best one. And to see Christina Applegate and David Spade completely breaking and just losing <laughs> it when he's going through the coffee table yeah. and um, talk about a guy that just went for it, went for it yeah. like just did not hold back at all. Like he was hilarious, or, or the whole um, what, like when he's interviewing Michael Jordan or mm-hmm. Paul McCartney, yeah. all oh, those yeah. things. Like, uh, he just uh, so that good. that guy just just cracked me up. So just good. everything about him, his physical comedy, his stuff. He was to me, he was the funniest. Yeah, Rob. There was
0: in the last couple of weeks. Is the last thing I'll say. There was a Washington Post. Somebody wrote a story about like the funniest twenty skits of the last mm-hmm. twenty years or something. And it's like all shows. But of course there's like five from SNL. But I don't know yeah. what it is. But it's 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 a really enjoyable fifteen minutes of your life to go back and watch that. Like mm-hmm. um just everything on there because there's some Key and Peel on there and there's some other you know, there's other shows that are really funny. Chappelle, Chappelle show Chappelle show Rick yay, James, exactly. Yeah. Racial draft is in there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, the well that what you were talking about the when they break on SNL is still one of my favorite things. And I know yeah. like some people are like, ah, that's not supposed to be good. But, the, you know, yeah, that one with Farley where they're losing it. And then the, the Debbie, the first Debbie Towner yeah. where they're losing it is just fantastic. So anyways, yeah. well, that was a good topic. So thank you um, for the
1: suggestions, everybody. And if you're a fan, definitely read live from New York, the, yeah. the oral history. It's, it's really interesting. And awesome. I haven't read the ESPN book. Mm-hmm. I know people say that's good as well, but Tom Shales is a great writer. He uh, wrote for the Post. It was him and James Andrew Miller, I think. But Shales was a long time television critic for the Washington Post. Um, oh, cool. And they get behind the seeds and it's got everybody, and it'll make you a bigger fan of Tom Hanks. I will say that. And, and I already was a big fan. Well, of Tom I Hanks, wanted but... to choose
0: Tom Hanks at, for the host because well, of David. David as pumpkins.
1: Sorry, yes, but yes. Which flares, like... but they also talk about him. The other cast members say he's the best because he dives in he pulls the all-nighters he's writing he just becomes one of them so Uh, i've always kind of admired him he just seems like a very genuine person i just
0: didn't know anything that he was really like doing before like from snl time no i mean well he did bosom buddies
1: yeah and then he was he had the like recurring role of the random uncle on um family (laughs) ties yeah yeah yeah.
0: but like yeah Yeah. so
1: that's funny well rob
0: let's uh it's richmond week uh, yeah, we got a new, Satch- new Satchmo video coming out this week. If we can oh, find it, wait. we will put it out on the blog. Um, so everybody check the website. Hopefully, we'll have that up at some point this week. Thanks to everybody who's been doing the guest post this week. Rob, you've been doing awesome with that uh, this year, and it's really cool. Everybody, it's just awesome how much, how much better everybody else is about having good things to say about JMU than we are. It's just
1: so cool. Like I, I, I love that people just go for like the sincere posts and they're like mm-hmm. hey i'm just gonna let it out there and what i like about it rather than you know trying to be snarky or anything like that it's mm-hmm. it's really just an enjoyable read each and every week i'm continually amazed yep uh, we've gotten so lucky uh every once in a while you get somebody who just doesn't reply and they just ghost you but the people who come through like i just i love it and, and now that's like this trend of people throwing mm-hmm. up family pictures mm-hmm. with it, which i think is kind of neat it's awesome um, so yeah. know, just thank you for everybody who does that. I, I think it's fun every week, just kind of get in the mode and we're in the habit of starting that, like on Wednesdays, putting in the predictions, but mm-hmm. thank you to everybody who comes through and actually puts themselves out there and, and writes about it. And it's just cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, internet can be so snarky and so kind of annoying at times, but mm-hmm. that's just so consistently genuine and, and heartfelt. We really appreciate it. It's yeah.
0: Cool. So Rob, I will talk to you next week. Hopefully JMU will have clinched the CAA auto birth by the time we get to talk next
1: week I hope <laughs> so. so
0: yeah have a good week everybody uh, Rob talk to you next week see you <laughs> thanks go Dukes thanks, Lights out. I know y'all
2: this is the one I owe y'all when you see me you know I know y'all, no one, one. But a lock, I owe y'all. Average motherfuckers can't even handle what I throw y'all. Lights out. I know y'all. This is the one I owe y'all. When you see me, act like you know I know y'all, no one, one, but a lock, oh, y'all, average motherfuckers can't even handle what yo, I yo, know you ever since a shorty, I was hard-headed, and angry, and mad complex, and wouldn't let nobody change me, I'm still the same me, getting pussy, staying weeded, these bitches are starstruck, so fuck the way they are getting treated, I don't need it, if a head ain't right, I pass on it, why you trick the niggas be wasting cash on it, and you don't want it, when the fight starts, you always run against me, son, you know the outcome, you always done, Rhymes argumental like your pop duke smack ya you. you need a joint sack. Cause you're a hell of an actor After you notice what happened It'll be too late Can't blame no one but yourself For mistakes you make And some of y'all niggas are like circus monkeys Living life like worthless junkies Fighting against your fellow man Helping out the devil's plan Damn, why can't I trust my own people? Fucking enemies must perish In the valley of their own evil Lights out I told y'all, this is the one I owe y'all when you see me, act like you know I know y'all. No one, no one but a locker. All y'all average motherfuckers can't even handle what I throw y'all. Lights like, out. I know y'all. This is the one I owe y'all. When you see me, act like you know I know y'all. No one, one but a locker. All y'all average motherfuckers can't even handle what yeah. I throw y'all. Oh my.